Okay, Richard, here we are. The UK property market in 2024, especially a robust start with with se- severe implications for Fife. This is unbelievable and it's going to hit it now. QVT. Here we are, UK property market, especially the Fife property market in 2024, a robust start. I mean, implications for Fife really overall, uh, you know, as an experienced estate agent and letting agent based in Fife, Richard, you and I, um, have actually been closely monitoring the trends in the UK property market. Most people, no surprise. <laughs> Paralysis analysis? No, not really, just analytical. Uh, but that's my background. Um, so as of the 11th of January, up to where I'd got to, the market has shown a solid start yeah. uh, and a trend worth exploring, actually, especially in how it might mirror or differ from the local market in Fife. So the UK versus Fife. Personally, I think Fife is going to end up being more resilient. Yeah, I that's... still think it's a great price point. I've literally just put one, I'm just literally going to do a pre-portal and a three-bedroom semi-detached in Kennaway and, and Welshot Road. And I tell you what, it's, it's it's starting at 150 grand. It's like, really? Yeah. Oh, where were these houses when I was looking for a house? <laughs> <laughs> How? And it's, and it's mint inside, three double bedrooms on a corner plot, more than likely. It's got a garage at the back and it sits in the sun all day long. It's like, yeah. what? 150 that's grand yeah. starting point. That's that's unbelievable. Um, anyway, look, okay, the, the this is the key here. Okay, let's drill it back down to the first 11 days of 2024. And the UK property market recorded 22,402 homes sold subject to contract. In other words, they'd agreed a sale, but it was still to go through conveyancing. Yeah. I mean, this figure actually represents a significant increase compared to the first 11 days in 2023. There was only 15,735 properties actually sold at that point. That's actually really surprising, isn't it? Yeah, as in some of the stats we're going to cover today, uh, and especially in reflection of like these first 11 days into the, into the new year, uh, they're quite surprising, actually, when you break it down by area, especially with Fife. And, and like you say, Jim, it's really interesting when you compare Fife to the UK as a whole and other areas of the UK, how well it performs. So. I mean, that's an effectively that's about round about 42.37 percent increase in the number of uk homes for, for sale for sold in the year mm-hmm. to date so far just in the first 11 days compared to 2023 now 2023 was still supposed to be a really good year yeah so how on earth did that happen and for those for those of you like me for example um who like the property stats the average price of a property sold in the first 11 days in 2023 was £337,678. That's an average of about 321 per square foot. In 2024, that average of sale agreed was almost identical, 337000 again, 972 with an average pound per square foot of slightly higher at £326 per square foot. That's a, so, that's a almost as identical 
so, so I mean, such a surge in the property market demands a, a deeper analysis to understand um, and the underlying factors and what it might mean for local markets, especially yeah. Fife. Just because, especially the Fife market, yeah. And I think and we're going to think... we're going to talk about Glenrothes, aren't we? We're going to talk yeah. about St Andrews. We're going to talk about Leavenmouth. We're going to talk about Cooper. Yeah. Um, we struggled to get starts for East Newt because East Newt. Yeah, was I've got East Newt to do. It's probably it's it, we did get starts, but they just didn't mean, make any sense because the numbers were too low in terms of sales. So it, it was so skewed that it, it would made no sense at all, and it would have made things look disproportionate if that made sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think before we go into the the comparative analysis, I think it's important that we let's look at the key drivers for the UK property, this UK property search. And and last week, Jim, as one right up there is obviously the lowering mortgage rates. And we spoke mm -hmm. about that in the midweek show last week. And that's impact. And that's it's one of the primary catalysts for the increased activity in the property market. Um and it is the reduction in mortgage rates. And the development has made purchasing property a, a lot more affordable and um, for a more significant population segment as well. And that's really boosted house sales. It's, when you talk about the, the, the development of the mortgage rates um, as one primary catalyst, um, this is actually quite, quite a, is it an oxymoron we're looking for? Because Santander is the first mm -hmm. today to increase their mortgage rates this year. Yeah. Okay, so they've done, they're doing it today. Uh, yet nationwide is actually reducing the rates by up to 0.81%. Go figure. Yeah, I know. I've seen I've seen some over the last uh, week or so uh, rates that people have been offered, and uh, even I was surprised. What does Santander know that nationwide doesn't know, and, and yeah. or, or is it or is it the very fact that Santander has limited funds? Because this is what happens to supply and demand. Santander mm -hmm. has limited funds, therefore, what they do is they put the they put the rates up to put more people off, but they'll get the the but their criteria is probably a lot easier, so they get a better return for a smaller amount of money. Right. Okay. So there, I mean, there's a lot going on in the background that could influence that then, and and people might not um, obviously think of that. Yeah. I, I, this is a lot to do with things like rise, rising wages, for example. You know, right, the okay. rise of uh, average wages also played a, a, a critical role in this. Um, there's no surprise uh, with more disposable income and individuals are more inclined to invest in property, which is a secure and lucrative asset. Yeah. Now. So for some people that flies in the face of what I've just said there, the fact that average rates of salary, you know, you know what I mean? I, I it's it's a fact. It's not, it's so anybody out there sitting saying, well, my average salary is not going up. But but it's a fact that average salaries in the last year have gone up six point six percent. Yeah. Um so so you can't deny that. That's Office of National Statistics put all that information together and have come up with the key indicator. It's a fact that inflation as well is sitting at 4%. That could be from 3.9 to 4. That could be the driver behind Santander maybe making that difference in the mortgage rates. Just to be a bit yeah. nervous about, you know, if, if things are changing. cautious about things, yeah. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're just cautious. So that's why. So when people have more money, they're more inclined to buy more things. If that makes, and also they're more inclined to possibly invest in property as a classic example. 
Yeah, it's, it's a classic thing. When people have got more disposable income, it's, they, they think about how they could spend it or wh how they could invest it. It's probably the best way to approach it. If you've got extra, if you've got additional income and disposable mm. income, invest it in something. And property is obviously a good way to go. What about um, what about employment rate or low unemployment rates, Jim? How, what about the effect of that on on uh, as as one of the key factors driving the property market surge? It's a good question. So here's my thoughts on on low unemployment is definitely oh. a situation where we've never had before. Um, the difficulty of low, being so low in unemployment levels is we have possibly potentially um, to price fight for mm -hmm. um, other employees and to poach them from other companies. You know, any yeah. company has to do that. Therefore, that's why salaries could be actually, you know, 6.6% above because people are paying a wee bit higher in order to get people from other companies to come and join them because there's a lack of people in the marketplace looking for a job right now. Now, yeah. now, just now, unemployment rates, I looked at them last week. There's about 1.4 1, 1. million jobs available. There's about 900, is it 900? No, there's 900,000 jobs available. There's 1.4 million people looking. It's the other way around. There's now yeah. an oversupply of people, whereas in the last year, there's been an undersupply. It's been the other way around. So I think you'll see salary rises actually starting to ease off. It's okay, Richard. I've already planned out yours. <laughs> <laughs> you can sit tight. Right. It's, it's, no, it's no me telling you you're not getting anything this year. <laughs> right. No, no, you're fine. Um, so unemployment. Well, yeah, rates, yeah, yeah, unemployment. Like, see, that, that, slight, that slight shift, obviously, um, will have an effect as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a strong job market and, and low unemployment rates have instilled confidence in people to go out there and do that. And that's what I say to a lot of people. We talked about this the other day. I says, you know, at the end of the day, you could walk into any other job at this point in time. It doesn't matter where you are if you've got a good skill set because people are still desperate to get people that are already trained. Yeah. Employees that are already trained are already skilled in various areas. So so. Is it bordered on the on the the realms of a jack of all trades, master of them all? Yeah, yeah. You know, because usually, usually people say that that tongue in cheek about just jack of all trades, jack master of, all trade, of the, master, master of none. Of none. Yeah. You know, but the reality is, it could be the fact that you're in more demand. And, and personally, for me, I I like people that have a, a, a wide range of skills, say, um, because yeah. you know yourself, you know, helping people manage life as it happens isn't it just about selling their house. Or lending your hand to a multitude of things. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everything that, everything that comes with that is actually dealing with their things that happen to them in their normal day-to-day -day life and how that affects in terms of their house sale or in terms of their property for let or or, yeah. or, or a tenant or anything like that in terms of repairs and improvements and, and what you need to do. So so the low unemployment rates has left a, a strong job market and 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 it's instilled the confidence, as I said, in people before, um, yeah. encouraged them to make significant life decisions like buying a home, like booking a holiday, yeah, like getting married, like having children, like starting a new job. These are all the these are all the these are the five drivers that actually yeah. are the key life decisions that you'll make, which will which will which will which will take your focus away, if that makes yeah. sense. You know, because it, it does take your focus away because they're, they're key life decisions and then it takes your focus onto that rather than where you are right now. So if you're forging ahead and trying to, you know, make a name for yourself and whatever it is you're doing, these are the, probably the key drivers to avoid. And and this is the advice I've been, I was given from my mentors all these years ago. 
you know, the last thing you should be doing, Jim, is changing your jobs if you're expecting to retire. Yeah. Why would you need to change a job if you're expecting you to, to retire? Start, you're going to have to start all over again. You yeah. Know. You would have to, to, you'd have to relearn that. You'd have to do all these different things. We're getting into wealth creation here, actually. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. Uh, so, so if you are changing your jobs, that's a whole new different thing you need to do. It takes your focus off of what you were trying to do in the first place, which is actually retire with your with your side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly a side hustle, was it? <laughs> what I did outside of what I was doing. But but with that, at the same time. So these are all significant life changes. There's oh, additional yeah. factors here at the play. Yeah. Demographic shifts. Um, yeah. Changing changes in housing preferences. Uh, yeah. Post-pandemic versus pre-pandemic, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Um, the the fact that nobody nobody cared a jot about their garden until the un, until until <laughs> the pandemic happened. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, your garden now had to be an, another usable outside space, yeah. and and a lot of people actually ran out and bought you know pubs. <laughs> <laughs> or in their, in their garden so it's like yeah. I can go to my garden I can invite my friends around rather than having to go down to the pub because it's shut and and yeah, that, that, that yeah. gave rise to that sort of market but also outdoor spaces that were usable um, and also um, on the fact that maybe this could happen again would you be comfortable being locked into your house again mm -hmm. and and a lot of people made life decisions on that on that principle yeah. It's like, like if this no, was no, to happen again, would I be happy being in here? No, I need yeah. to move. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. So I'm now. The garden was a big thing. Home, working for home, home offices and things was a big thing as well. So people started when we when things opened up again. People were like, I need, I need an extra room for a home office. And yeah. there's a lot of things that made people change the way they think. Government policies influenced it quite a bit as well, especially in England. You know, yeah. the fact that the government policies about in incentivising people taking the stamp duty threshold, you know, no stamp duty up till 500,000. In Scotland, I think it was no stamp duty up until 250,000. 250,000, and, yeah. And, it, and it's still it's still quite good in Scotland because, you know, as I said to now, a three-bedroom semi-detached in Kennaway is 150 grand. Yeah. You're not exactly bursting into the stamp duty threshold, are you? No. You're, you're only on the cusp. You're just, you're just, you know, you're just on the cusp of about ten thousand into it, and, and that's going to be minimal. It's going to be about three hundred quid or something like that. It's, it's yeah. something ridiculous. So you're not going to, and that's a really good quality house for somebody for a family home or even a starter home. I mean, that's starter room territory as well now. Yes, I have that. So, so that's what made additional differences when when they gave incentives for all these different things. So, and and uh, uh, what about a comparative analysis then? When we look at the five property market and we compare it, then yeah. So this is this is interesting. So yeah, the comparative analysis. Um, so if we turn our attention to five uh, rather mm -hmm. than the UK as a whole, it's important to recognise that the local markets uh, behave differently uh, from the national trends. And we, when we reference five, we talk about KY one to KY twelve and also KY fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. Okay. Yeah. As we said, we didn't have stats from East Newt today, but we will break down five and then. The Leaving Mouth Cooper, um, St Andrews, and the um, Glen Office. And Glen Office as well, sorry. So, as the same period in 2024, five, uh, five property market has shown 100 sales agreed. Now, that's sold subject to contract, as you explained earlier, Jim. And in a comparison to the exact same year to date figure for 2023, which was 76 properties. So, we could draw some preliminary. preliminary conclusions so that figure 
displays a 31.6% increase in Fife home sales mm -hmm. year to date. All right. But here's an interesting one. So I've got leave and mouth. Leave yeah. mouth as KY. Okay. So in that period, um, 2024 lead mouth properties showed nine sales agreed sold to subject to contract in comparison to the exact year on date figure in 2023 to four yeah now that is incredible 125 percent increase in the lead mouth home sales year to date so that i think that's a really that's the, that's the most uh, striking one we'll go through to glen office but that's primarily um, because Leavenworth is very, very affordable in comparison yeah, to the, is, you know, the whole of Fife. It's actually a really great price point. It's Leavenworth, is a, and it's a really um, attractive area because of what it's got to offer in terms mm. of, you know, there's just a multitude of things there. The beach, the, the, the facilities, we've now got the train station just about finished. You know, there's a lot going on and price point's yeah. really good still as well. So the same period for Glenothis, um, 10 sales were agreed. Uh, subject to contract in comparison to the exact year on date figure for 2023 which was 12. so that's a 16.7 percent decrease um in the glen office home sales year but today. that's no surprise because remember glen office has got quite a lot of new builds coming into there there's quite a lot of, there's a lot going on in yeah. glen office just now so you'll you'll probably find these stats won't include new build for 2024 which is quite yeah. a lot coming into yeah. 2024 and the end of 2023 because the the new build information they're reluctant to actually put tell anybody about what how many properties have actually sold they're, they're they're keen on telling everybody how many properties they've got available to buy but not mm -hmm. keen on telling them how many sold because then it obviously gives the place a reputation if they've not sold enough yeah yeah so that's quite a good uh, anal analysis of that the Cooper area has 10 sales agreed in that mm -hmm. period uh, compa compared to the exact same uh, year-to-date figure of six in 2023. So that's a 66.7% increase in Cooper home sales year-to-date, uh, which isn't a surprise, and I think that's probably sounds a bit right to me, to be honest. It's still, um, it's still, it's still bizarre, considering that, you know, to borrow money last 2023 was a lot cheaper than it is now. Yeah. And and so I, I'm not really I'm not really sure what's going on here, but but mind you, right now we're only we're looking at base rates, but when yeah. you look at mortgage rates, mortgage rates are really still quite good in comparison. You're getting five year fixed rate deals at four point six. Yeah, yeah, round about there. Yeah, and when you that. look when you reflect back to twenty twenty three, that was probably about the same. You know, it's probably yeah. it's probably maybe about that area anyway, because swap rates were were difficult because I think the Liz Trust budget had actually thrown everything off track. And <laughs> yeah. um, so, positive. I mean, that woman's going to get blamed for a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's going to take a wee bit of time for that to for that to leave. Oh, yeah. Somebody else has got to do something disastrous for so to take the heat off Liz Trust and her budget, her disastrous <laughs> budget. Yeah, I think that. She's getting get the blame for, for everything. Yeah. Um, but but true, you know, that's probably why you've seen more sales in this year in the first 11 days than you have last year in the first 11 days. Yeah. What about the other yeah. areas? You, you know, what yeah, about so St Andrews? Got, I've only got St Andrews left because, I guess, as I say, we couldn't build uh, accurate figures for East Nuke. So the East same Nuke period two or some, but so yeah. that's why it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, so the same period, 2024, St Andrews, uh, property market has shown three sales agreed. And that's in comparison to the year-end date figures for 2023, which was two. 
Um, so that's a 50% increase for St Andrews uh, yeah. home sales year to date. Yeah, and St Andrews is a lower market because obviously there's less properties available, you know, just as in the region itself. Whereas Glenroth is a bigger region, so is Cooper, and so is Leibmouth in comparison. That's why East Newt was so East Newt households is you know into the uh, thousands, but not not the tens of thousands in terms yeah. of that. So that's that's why it is quite low in comparison. And um, so if we delve deeper into this, a national picture, albeit slower. It's very much early doors, so things could actually yeah, change overall. Change, but, I mean, we're only approaching the end of January here. So. However, I've been doing my Sunday night updates, my weekly updates right yep. across the market. And so far in January, uh, demand has outstripped supply for house sales. There's more houses getting sold now in January um, than actually getting listed. This is why... I, this is why I told everybody, if you're going to be selling your house, Christmas, you know, you're, you can see this coming again. I should just get a tape recorder and just play this <laughs> back every single time to everyone out there. Because this is why I told everybody, this is the best time to sell. Because you've got a closed shop here. You know, you've got everybody waiting and you've got all the students advising everybody to wait till spring. Because they're all like, we just want to take it easy for a wee while. And we'll get the, we'll get you in spring and when your flowers are out. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a great idea. No, it's no. Um, take advantage of it now because the more it goes on in spring and the more it goes on in summer, uh, the more you've got to compete against if your property is going on the market. Therefore, if you list it now, you've got less properties to compete against, less stock to compete against, less similar properties to use to compete against. And also, people are actually quite comfortable with the current stability of the of the uh, of the UK economy. Now, mm -hmm. I I was looking at statistics the other day, and did you know the borrowing for the UK? is 97.7% of GDP. Really? <laughs> do, you want, do, you, do you want to know what it is in, is it Italy? That'll be 140%. Over, it'll be over 100, yeah. It's 140%. That's crazy. You're a business. You should be yeah. filing for administration. Well, a lot of people, I mean, I, I, for people that are obviously listening to, you could maybe explain that a wee bit more, Jim, but to be under the 100 at night, would you say 97 97.7% is our national debt to GDP, gross yeah. domestic product. In other words, what we produce, you know, and what we are is net worth. Which so basically, comparison to other countries. Yeah, if you're looking, we are good in comparison to other countries. We're, we're especially good in comparison to the United States as well. Yes. So right. we're in a good, but the, the key driver is your ability to pay the service the debts. So if you can service the debts, that's tax receipts. So yeah. that's why the good thing is unemployment is, is historically low. And if it still mm -hmm. continues to remain low, there's still an opportunity for the Chancellor to actually get, you know, more money. And the very fact that we're at 97.7%, and believe it or not, this is actually all the economic think tanks are actually saying, yeah, this is actually quite good. We could see concessions in the budget for tax. Really? If I was 97.7% in my debt in my household, I would be looking to pay back some of my debts rather than actually just think um, I could give myself yeah. a break. <laughs> but maybe I'm different. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think obviously when you put it in that context, obviously, um, but then like you say, when you compare it to other countries, we're actually not that bad. Although it is yeah. so bad, if you know what but that's you say, but, you, but, but, but you're the best at a bad bunch. Aye, that's it's that's like, that's a good way to put it. Your best of that's, bad bunch. That's all it is. You're the best of a bad bunch. I've got oh, we're ninety-seven point seven percent of GDP. We're the best in Europe. It's like, aye, yeah, the best of a bad bunch because everyone else is in trouble as well. <laughs> yeah. 
but this gives this gives the 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 you know the the banks and also the intercompany lend you know the inter uh, country lending and interbank lending uh, some sort of confidence in the UK economy and the fact that yes we will be able to service our debts more than any other European country if not also uh, America as well. I mean, you know, think what it could be like for Russia. I've not looked at that figure, but whew, if they're if they're plowing all that money into this war, it's yeah. like that's how that's how they end up. That's how all their debts. Did you know this is just a just a this is just a, did you know by the way? It, it took us until the 1980s to pay off our debt on World War Two. So when when did the war finish? 30, 1945. 45. 1945. It took us till the 1980s. It was the it was the Conservative government that actually deliberately battened in the hatches. Obviously, it was a tough time for everybody, um, and they used that opportunity to pay back a lot of that debt because there was a regime at that time, and I think at that time it's like you shouldn't carry a lot of debt as a as an economy. You want to be pretty robust to take any hits if you're out there and anything happens to your economy, you could actually then just print money and you won't be way past your GDP like yeah. some of the other countries are. So that's the whole that's the whole point of having that. That's the hope. But because we're really good, apparently, they're talking about maybe the Chancellor will give us some tax concessions in the budget. And I'm thinking, God, it's like that's that's pretty pretty risky. But then mm-hmm. you could see why they're coming into an election. It's like why they would want to do that, why they'd be motivated to do that. What let's get back to this and dive deeper into what I mean, I want to see if the types of property selling in the first two weeks of the year in Fife differ from those in 2023. So so let's look at this then. The average, well, what about you? You know, you've got some more statistics than me for this. Yeah. So look, well, what do you think? As, as we start in reference Fife, the average price of property was agreed, um, now agreed on a sale, and I'll just, I'll say it this time, it's sold uh, subject to contract, obviously this, and that's the first yeah. 11 days. Now, if we look at 2023, uh, and Fife, it was £178,229 uh, with an average of 165 square feet. Okay. And that's kind of in line with the national statistics. Yeah, that's not so too far what off. Is it in, what is it in the first 11 days of 2024 then? In the first 11 days of this year, the average sale was priced at £193,172. That's almost like that's all almost like the average for in the UK house price index for Scotland. Yeah. That's about the average for Scotland. So yeah. we're getting that yeah. in five. Yeah. Now the square footage was uh, the square footage average was slightly higher than the year previous, and it's one hundred eighty three mm-hmm. uh, square foot. So one hundred eighty three pound per square foot that yeah. you were paying for a property. Yeah. So that's slightly um, higher than it was last year. What about you know? Have you got stats for individual yeah, so areas? We'll do. Uh, I'll do it in the same order because obviously. Uh, so we'll start leaving mouth. So in 2023, it was 153,250 pounds, and that was with an average of a 154 pound per square foot. Okay, and then the first 11 days of this year, it was 156,222 pounds, and the average pounds per square foot was slightly higher at 179 pounds. So that was 179. So anybody out there looking to buy a property and leaving, their benchmark is actually. £179 per square foot. So if you find out yeah. the square footage of the actual property itself, yeah. then you can work out how much you should, how much the price kind of should, should, should be and what your budget yeah, should be as well. Yeah, yeah so that, and, that's... And then, uh, then, then what you could do is you can compare it against the home report value. And if it's lower, 
you could use that as a mechanism to actually get negotiate a better price. Yeah, yeah. And you've got, hey, I tell you what, if you've got, if you've not got a really good estate agent that's good at negotiating, you could easily run circles around them. You could run rings around them, definitely. Um, in that in that process, because they will they will be baffled when you start to talk about average price per square foot in the first half of the year being the hundred and hundred and seventy nine. You said one hundred seventy nine. Hundred seventy nine pounds per square foot, yeah. Per square foot. So you start to talk about that, and you then you say, well, your square footage of the property as per the floor plan is X amount, and if I multiply that up, it maybe comes to one hundred fifty thousand. You've got the house on one hundred sixty thousand, so that doesn't that's not really equal or an equilibrium with that. So you know, where are you getting that extra ten thousand in value compared to what's what's coming out in the the, the statistics? Where does that come from? And some estate agents will just fold and go. I was just going to say, if you're up oh, against... Is that, is that an offer? I'll pass it on to my seller. And then they'll say the same thing to the seller, and the seller will go, oh, you, you must be right, because you're quite knowledgeable. So the seller might end up agreeing to a lower price. Yeah, See how that a, could be? A... Now, that could be easily manipulated. And I, I'll be honest, I've used that in the past. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Knowledge is, knowledge is power in certain instances. And if you're up against or, or dealing with an agent or a, a negotiator who's just a yes or no person, um, and doesn't really know facts and things, then you, the ball is in your court, definitely. Yeah. Did that over at Tony's house in Bumalo, my daughter's. Yeah. Exactly. No, they're not for moving. <laughs> they're not for moving on their price. They will not budge on their price. And then I showed Tony, I goes, say this and say that and do this and do that <laughs> and show them these stats. And Tony went back to them, delivered these stats, and the boy came back and said, yeah, they'll accept your offer. Literally, I mean, literally, I think it was maybe five or ten thousand she got off, mm-hmm. and that's that. All that is just, is for, a, just, just for having the right conversation with the right, the right it's information. A, it's a thirty second to one minute. Imagine being paying. Imagine, imagine effectively, because I look at it like this. Imagine paying yourself five thousand pound for one minute's work. Yeah, and that's that's wow. effectively what it is. So one minute's work. That rate per hour must be extortionate. I mean, think about the rate per hour. I'm now, I'm now thinking, oh, okay, multiply this for sixty. That's a rate per hour of three hundred thousand pound an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind getting paid that three hundred thousand yeah. pound an hour. Jeff Bezos territory. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let's so, just, hey, yeah, come yeah. on, let's go one step further. It's three hundred thousand an hour. Did we say that? Yeah. So multiply yeah. that with five. That means every week you'd be paying yourself eleven point two five million, and then every right. every year you would be actually making you'd be making uh, five hundred and eighty five million a year. Yeah, that's definitely Bezos money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, the, tax, the tax bill would be horrendous. <laughs> it would. It would. But would it matter? <laughs> no, it wouldn't matter. It really, would it? No. Uh, right, so I just to recap, so the leave mouth area, let's say the, the first 11 days this year were 156,222 and £179 uh, per square foot on average. The Glen Office area, um, first 11 days of 2023, we are £139,907 with an average of £134 per square foot. Okay, mm-hmm. first 11 days of uh, this year, the Average sale price was £141,748. And that is a slightly higher um, on the square footage at £154 per square foot. See, but look, Glenrothes is more affordable than leaving. Yeah. Glenrothes, that, I never, that never used to be the case. Yeah. Glenrothes used to be a lot 
more expensive per square foot per square meter than Leavenmouth did. So you can see how Leavenmouth is actually starting to creep up in terms of value because of what's getting invested into this area yeah. over the well, last four or five years. Yeah. There's no doubt about that and what's on offer in this area as well. Glenville is a bit centralised. You know, it's you know it's great for commuting, but literally it's just a central hub for mm -hmm. getting everywhere else. And it's good for that purpose. And plus the fact there's a lot of great ex ex-local authority properties in Glenrothes, yeah. you know, they're at great price points. And you had mentioned it. What was the average price point you mentioned? The average price point for the first 11 days in this year is 141700 There you go. That's a really great price point. And, yeah. and when you looked at the Leavenmouth one, it was, it, it was significantly more in comparison. It was probably around about the 160, I think you it's said. 156. Yeah, there you go. So it just shows you that Leavenmouth is um, a lot. I wouldn't say, do I want to use the word expensive? I would say I would say Glenrothes is a lot a lot less expensive yes. than Leavenmouth. I wouldn't like because I don't like to say I don't like to use the word cheap because then it implies there's something inferior to what you're getting. But it's I think not Glenrothes is an area it's, it's slightly undervalued um, for the most part because um, Glenrothes has always been undervalued. Yeah, if yeah. you look at Glenrothes and you compare it against Kirkcaldy, because I, I, me personally, I don't see the difference. I actually think Glenrothes is is probably a better centralized area because mm -hmm. you can get everywhere in Fife quite easily because you're more central and yeah. whereas Kirkcaldy is right on the on the on the coast and that's fine you're maybe paying for a coast plus the fact you know Glenrothes their housing's more adaptable um Kirkcaldy their housing's more fixed they're more mm -hmm. more brick yeah. Glenrothes is the new town hence the reason why it's like that and I think I think that's driven by a lot of properties that were thrown up in the 60s are now getting torn down and something else yeah, replaced. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of different builds and things now that are, are kind of becoming like a mismatch. And no fit for no fit for purpose. Yet. Everybody so just went. Everybody just went. Um, everybody just um, went. All hands to pump. All yeah. hands to the pump. And you had you had Barrett and you had every single builder all building different types of properties. There are no finds construction. There's some that they don't even know the construction of the property. I yeah. don't know how that's possible. How many do know construction? How can you know just take something off the wall and look at the brick and look at the interior and say, yeah, I know that construction. Yeah. But for some reason, there's some that they just have no idea what the construction is. a timber is. frame or a steel frame or, do you know what yeah. Like? yeah, it's it's, it's a bizarre thing. Um, so, you know, Glenrothes is a new town. That's probably why it makes it less. Although, new today, if you built a new town today, it would be more expensive because of the build standards. Because the building standards are different, yeah, definitely. So it flies in the face. And you, you are absolutely right. I genuinely think Glenrothes is completely undervalued in comparison to everywhere else. Yeah, I mean, I'm speaking to people, but I'm speaking to investors and people that are looking for property. I, I always point them in the direction of Glenrothes because you get a lot more house for your money. You get a really good return um, when you do buy to let. And the popularity of property in Glenrothes for tenants and things is just unreal. Yeah, There's a stigma. There's a stigma, though. There's a stigma on the flat roofs. You know, yes, there's a lot of flat roofs in Glenrothes, and that's probably why. I don't see anything wrong with a flat roof. I, do, I, I think it's bonkers to think it's like there's a huge fundamental difference between a pitch roof and a and a, and a flat roof. Um, yeah. A flat roof, they're sloping anyway, and if you need to get it replaced, boy, you just you just replace it. That's it. It's not as if it's not as if it's going to be a huge cost in comparison, and it doesn't really justify the differential between one without a flat roof and one with a flat roof. You yeah. know the, the you know some you know you, one with one without the flat roof is maybe 130, 140,000. The one with the flat roof is probably about one hundred and ten. Yeah. 
So there's about a 20 grand, 30 grand difference, and yet flat roof isn't that much to do. No. So it doesn't... No, it doesn't just not tile roof, no. So um, let's go on. Um, what yeah. else have you got for us? So I've got the Cooper area. Um, in 2023, the sale price was £134,991, and that was an average of £136 per square foot. Okay? Mm -hmm. And in comparison to the first 11 days of this year, where the average sale price was £274,200. And oh. that is a higher square footage um, price at £174 per square foot. Well, I thought that'd be a lot more for square foot for, for Cooper. Because when you compare it to leaving, you know, it's definitely, like... Definitely comes through at 174. Yeah, I know, I know, definitely. Uh, what about St Andrews? Yeah, so and uh, St Andrews in 2023 were looking at 490 7,498 pounds with an average of 258 pounds per square foot. And then in comparison to the first 11 days of this year, where we were looking at 318,333 pounds yeah. with, an, uh, with uh, the average being a lot higher per square foot, which is 577. Yeah, that's no surprise. I was telling somebody the other day they actually bought their house, a uh, three bedroom ex local authority in mm -hmm. Sloan Street. They bought right. that and they bought it for something like a, a semi-detached. They bought it for actually had two public as well. I mean, you know, I needed a bit of word on it, but they bought it about two or three, maybe about four years ago for uh, 285 grand. It's like, really? It's like mm -hmm. before that, I was we were selling a two-bedroom flat for about 240. <laughs> and you're only talking about for a three-bedroom house round the yeah. corner, another 40,000 over that. That's uh, so they so really got a good price point. And when I went into value it there now, we're more because they've done a lot of work to it, we're more near the half a million now. So there's a significant value yeah. added onto it. Um, that it, it's quite interesting that you lose all these stats. So, so what local factors are actually influencing the Fife, Fife's market then? If we so, on yeah, that. let's look at the local factors uh, that, that are influencing the Fife market and the performance of the Fife uh, property market could be influenced by the local economic conditions. Um, mm -hmm. The specific demographic profile of the, the actual area that they're in and even the, the regional uh, policy decisions and things as well they will all have a uh, they're all like influencing factors within Fife uh, for instance developments and local employment opportunities uh, infrastructure projects like we just spoke about the train station in yeah. and you know, things like that they're going to obviously have a, a big impact or changes in the local landscape compared to other parts of the UK could significantly affect market dynamics um, I would be interested in people to share their thoughts um, on this as well. Obviously, for different areas within Fife, if you jump in the comments, if you're watching this a rerun, still do it because we would like to know and we would like to obviously um, come back and, and get some feedback and, and, and speak about that because there is a lot of different local factors that will influence the, the market and Fife as a whole. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, the, the good one about the new build areas, when you when you introduce more new build, it actually makes the other properties that are not new build more attractive, because yes. new build costs a lot more to build than than the what we call the resale properties. Yes. In other words, ex local authorities, uh, some properties have been up for maybe two or two hundred years. You know, at new build actually is extortionately more for that very reason, because the building standards are a lot higher. But it does drag the prices up in all the areas. So if you introduce, uh, and, and the, the, it would fly in the face, really, of supply and demand, because you kind of think to yourself the prices would drop as a result of that. 
but they're no daft. They strategically don't flood the market with a huge amount, and they only release yeah, a certain amount of time. Yeah, yeah, for people to actually to to buy, and then they build them as they go, rather than actually flood the market all the same time. So yeah. they artificially, yeah, and I've said it, they artificially keep their price point high. Yeah, we're no popular with house builders, are we? I've seen another watch in the building. <laughs> That's true. Though, yeah. be going, no, he's giving the game away. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it works, yeah. So, uh, Jim, in, in terms of like what the, the future outlook um, and advice for homeowners and things, and even landlords' advice as well. Mm. Oh, looking ahead, the property market in 2024 uh, is, uh, well, it's on a promising trajectory, put it that way. I think if you're looking at the stats there, that's, yeah. However, understanding the nuances of the local market is crucial for homeowners and landlords, I would say, and yeah. Fife. It's 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 not about it's not just about national trends, about how they interact with the local and regional factors that are going on. We've seen that with the train station in Lima, you know, yeah. how that's all been coming in and now that's coming to fruition. I would see a jump out and a jump up in that area of, of properties in terms of the price points over the next two or three years mm-hmm. as that begins to take off. Um, as a professional, I would encourage um, any homeowners and prospective buyers to seek tailored advice. That's the one thing I would say every single time. You know, speak to speak to someone that actually knows and and discuss with them your personal circumstances, because um, understanding the current market position of of your property and how to navigate in the twenty twenty four market landscape will be pivotal, definitely. And making informed decisions. Now, while the UK property market has seen a robust start in 2024, it's essential to fully dive into local market conditions to grasp the opportunities and challenge at hand. And for those in Fife in particular, um, we're probably we're here as experts to to help people out uh, and to give them insights and and, and guided tailored advice and our unique market conditions in Fife itself and even in your regional areas, you know, because St Andrews is a different from the yeah, East Nuke, completely different from Leavenmouth, yeah. from Cooper, from Glenothis, from Dunfermline, and from Kirkcaldy. They're different. They're micro regions. They yeah. all they all work in different ways. You know, while one's farming and tourism and and, and fishing, the other side is industrialized. Industry and things, yeah. And it's completely different. So it's understanding these nuances and how that'll affect the property market and how that'll affect people's people's um ideas. And also if if there's any big employers there are thinking about, you know, oh well, maybe cut back and you know, downsize to increase our profits. These are all different things to think about in areas which make a fundamental difference to people's what's in their pocket. And then it makes a, a difference in their mind about what they would want to buy and whether supply and demand will be higher or lower in areas. Now, I did a I did a show the other day uh, and, and it was about, you know, the is it a buyer seller's market or is it a, is it a balanced market? But mm-hmm. at this point in time, it's still a seller's market. Moving to a balanced market, because 46% of the properties it were, are actually currently on the market right now are sold. So it's yeah. about 1,700 properties are, are sitting in the market right now, but 46% of them are actually sold, and we're round to about 957 left. Um, so so that gives you a real good idea, and that's a metric that most house builders use to judge whether it's a buyer or seller's market or a balanced market at this point in time. So it is 
if it's over 40 percent it's still a seller's market if you go beyond that to about 50 percent above you're in a hot seller's market if you go beyond 60 you're in an extreme seller's market yeah. and that's where we've been for quite a lot of times sometimes at 80 you know yeah. for, and, and it's, not going to, it's not going to stay there do you know what? it has to come it has to come uh, do a u-turn and come back the way eventually it's not going to stay up there all the time things always continually move no it won't and it'll come to some sort of equilibrium but if i, I if i if interest rates start to come down the base rates start to come down inflation starts to come down as well and unemployment stays the same in terms of the numbers and that actually gets a wee bit better and wage negotiations go up guess what's going to happen I think property prices will continue to be quite robust, and I think people will still pay a wee bit over the home report in the coming year. Yeah. That's why when we get to the end of the year, I'm I'm predicting round about the one and three percent increase between one yeah. and three percent overall. Um, so it's understanding all these different things to make a difference, and and whether you should be for landlords at this point in time. There's a lot of landlords saying, oh, "I want to sell off, I want to sell off," because of Scottish legislation, and I'm thinking, "Are you mad?" Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's I like know that. this is the best opportunity ever. For anything, this impending legislation is is a is a blessing in disguise for most landlords. Yeah, if you approach it correctly, and I was going to, I was going to implement that in my kind of final thoughts there. I mean, homeowners and landlords really, you really need to have the right uh, information and 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 appreciate the fact that if you've got an agent who you're dealing with, they should really know the the influencing factors within the local area area and how that's going to impact you and your investment yeah. things as well. Definitely. The fight property market is pretty dynamic, though, and what applies on a national level might not mirror precisely um, what applies on a local level. Um, as yeah. we move into 2024, stay informed. Adapting to the changing market will be crucial for success in any property transaction. Uh, that's what that's what I would say. What's your final thoughts on this, Richard? Yeah, as I say, sorry, I kind of interjected there a bit early, but that's what I was going to finish up with, and not just the homeowners, and obviously because I, I, I work with a lot of investors and things and landlords, is to really have the right information and definitely think about things properly before you take action on selling yeah. and think about your investment and get all the right information. And and whether your property, like you say, Jim, whatever area of life it's in, it will differ slightly. So make sure that you're getting the right information and speaking to the right people before you make decisions. Absolutely. And we'll finish there. Thank you, yes. everybody, for tuning in. Uh, anybody listening on Rerun and anything like that, feel free to reach out to us yeah. if you're needing any more information and advice. Until next time, guys, it's bye-bye from us. Bye.